Before we begin this episode, we're incredibly excited to say that this episode is sponsored by Blake Everly Co. Blake Everly Co. Actually, it's kind of a weird merger. This shop owner makes girls' clothing from newborn to 5T, and she's actually got some spooky stuff. So we thought parents, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, friends of little spawns spawns. would actually get a kick out of this stuff and be able to find some really cool, spooky Halloween, unconventional stuff for their children. Yeah, definitely. She showed us some mock-ups of her clothing, and it's great, and some fabric choices that you guys can choose. And I personally, if I had little kids, there's a shining piece that I am so down for. Yeah, she showed us that she had a fabric from The Shining, The Exorcist. She also has, just like in general, Halloween-themed, spooky-themed fabric that you can choose from at a really affordable price. So we really are grateful to her for sponsoring us and we would also like you to check out her shop we do have a code which you guys can use for 10 percent off and it is t-e-p so just for the exorcisters podcast t-e-p-10 yep so blake everly co is on etsy it is b-l-a-k-e E-V-E-R-L-Y-C-O, all one word, no spaces. And if you check out our Facebook starting actually today, the 4th through next Friday, which would be October 11th, we are also collaborating on a giveaway. So again, this would be more if you have kids or love a kid in your life, (laughs) want to get them something cool and spooky, you will get it by Halloween. But Jessica said she would also honor any fabric choice you wanted. So even if you didn't want it to be Halloween or spooky themed, she will do whatever you want. So again, thank you to Jessica at Blake Everly Co. for being our very first sponsor. Yes, thank you so much. And we hope you enjoy our episode. Amanda and I'm Kristen and we are the extra sisters so sit back relax and let's get creepy welcome to episode 41 and in this episode we are going to discuss the 1941 (laughs) film the wolfman which is really cool that that even added up yep that was not intentional it just kind of happened that way this is also a universal monster classic black and white it's got Lon Chaney Jr. Bella Lugosi it's just a all-around wonderful classic good time it's perfect and it's yeah and it's only like an hour Mm -hmm. so it's not like it's a wonderful rainy day or spooky time movie yes this is our very first episode for the month of october which buckle up because you get in a lot of episodes in october every monday every friday and then we have special stuff all week for halloween yeah so you're gonna get a lot of us you're gonna get bored (laughs) of us hopefully not well, we've mixed up our movie choices a little mm-hmm. bit. It's not all just straight, like, what you would think of as horror. There's a lot of other things mm-hmm. that kind of growing up, you know, were Halloween time movies, whether they were 
scary or not. Exactly. Or maybe scary as children. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I'm really excited. This is my favorite time of year. I literally, as soon as Bath and Body Works got their pumpkin scents in July, I was like, it's fall. It is now. And now it really yeah, is. Absolutely. Now yeah. it's finally, finally busting out. Not that I haven't been busting out dec- Halloween decorations for a while, but now I get to just unleash. It, it's socially approved. Right. <sighs> and I get to do the outside of my house for Halloween, which I don't have a ton yet because we just bought our house. It'll be two years in December. So you have to kind of acquire stuff because it gets mm-hmm. expensive. Yeah. But I got some clearance stuff from the year before and we got some stuff last year. And so I'm going to go all out. I'm going to be, so we live in a cul-de-sac and I fully intend on one day being so extra that my garage is a haunted house. Yes. The one that kids don't want to go into. Like if you can do it, the candy will be worth it. I'm going to give out like full bars. (laughs) Okay. But if you can get there, it's going to be a terrifying little haunted house situation and the cul-de-sac is just going to be fogged up because I'm going to have like fog machines, strobe lights. I'm going to give people seizures, heart attacks, the works. works. So I'm in the process of like collecting for that one day. Right now I just have a graveyard and some things that are like motion censored and sounds, but it's, it's nothing to where I want it to be quite just yet. (laughs) But one day I also want the animatronic Michael Myers from spirit. Yes. Yeah. Someday. He's spooky. He's awesome. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. I'm just really excited because it's October and that's our time to shine (laughs) here on these spooky podcasts. I had never seen The Wolfman. And what'd you think? I have really enjoyed all of the classic movies that we've been watching. Our third episode was The Blob and I was hooked on all, not that I hadn't seen some classic horror, like I'd seen Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. you know, but... I hadn't seen Dracula. I hadn't, or if I had, it had been bits and pieces. I haven't seen The Wolfman. I had not seen Creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to get eventually to like Bride of Frankenstein and things that kind of go off of those because I just had such a good time watching these films. I'm so happy because this is my second favorite black and white. Behind? Behind Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from 1931. Oh my God. That is probably... Almost one of my all-time favorite movies of all time. It doesn't even Any have to be genre. black and white. I absolutely love that movie. That's I haven't seen it, so... Hopefully next year. Maybe we'll do it. Who knows? So what's cool about this movie, I honestly didn't... I don't know. Is this, like... I know werewolf folklore has been around for a really long time. As far as werewolf film goes, what do you know about werewolf films? Like, is this one of the first? Is it the first... So that's actually really cool because I actually noted that. Oh, good. This good. is the first. So, okay. I don't know if it's the first werewolf film, but this is the first werewolf that we know. So the silver bullet, the pentagram, the being changed by being bitten, those are all, this all came from this, from this movie. Wow. All those things that people know that werewolves do. No, that's how it used to happen in old folklore. It was a curse that someone put on you. That caused you to change. Not a bite like we know it as in Harry Potter and Ginger Snaps and every exactly. other single. This started that, which is really fucking cool. That is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And again, this is only an hour movie. So like all you have to do is put it on mm-hmm. and, pay, and then pay attention for a little bit and then it's over. Like really highly recommend. And it's worth it. It 100% is. I never really feel like, for some reason, sitting down and watching, like, an old black and white film Mm -hmm. on a normal day. For some reason in my brain, those are 
rainy Sunday afternoon movies. Yeah. That's probably because the majority of the ones that I have seen mm-hmm. were on rainy yeah. Sunday afternoons. But every time I've watched them, I'm like, okay, I gotta watch The Wolfman tonight. I'm like, well, that was fucking great. Same mm-hmm. thing with Creature from the Black Lagoon. Exactly. Wasn't super excited about it, but then I really enjoyed it. So what was really cool about this movie is that it starts with the... Oh, I love the orchestra, the opening credits mm-hmm. of all the players, as they call them. Yes. And it also opens with with introducing lycanthropy, which is the study of werewolves, essentially. Yeah. And it talks about the sign of a werewolf being a pentagram. So it does give you some background information. What these classic movies don't assume is that the audience knows anything. Yes. Which is fair because if you think back, Mm -hmm. they didn't. Exactly. This wasn't ingrained into their culture. We had only even had movies for 20 years at this point. Right. So people were just growing up with them. Exactly. So there are movies now where we saw that. We still get some like Star Wars is famous for its Mm -hmm. prelogs and we get some of the stuff like based on true events from da da da. But this is very like this is what this means, this is what it is, Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. But looking back, it's pretty cool how, like, Brad was like, oh, people back then read slow, and I was like, I think it's more a dramatic effect Mm -hmm. than it is, like, waiting for the slowest reader in the theater to read it. Maybe, but I will admit I'm a slow reader. (laughs) So thank you. I mean, that's fair, but I also think it's very, like, intentional, Mm because especially back in the 20s, especially, because there were a lot of silent films in the 30s and 40s, and even going into the 50s, there was a lot of overacting done because these movies were dramatizations. They were mm-hmm. very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Very so, much so everything that goes along with them is also very dramatic. That's a good point. Lon Chaney Jr. plays Larry Talbot in this mm-hmm. movie. So Lon Chaney Jr., first of all, if you don't know, he's in a lot of these kind of like Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff. Yeah. And he comes from Lon Chaney, who was also a horror movie you know, God. Like, he was right. in Family Opera and Hunchback in Notre Dame. Exactly. So, it's an all in the family. Mm-hmm. He's basically coming back to his family. He has gone off, and now he's coming back. They have, like, their own castle. They're, like... Mm-hmm. Which is really fucking it cool. It kind of reminded me of Frankenstein, because mm-hmm. they're very, like, elite in the town, and yeah. they have their own, like, mansion or castle, as they even call it, I think, in this. And so, they're a very elite family, very well-to-do, the town knows them, and he's coming back, which is the talk of the town, of course. Mm-hmm. His father shows him this telescope right in the very beginning, and the first thing he does with it is fucking peep on a girl. Woman, which is so creepy. <laughs> and then even creepier, he mentions it. Like, what the fuck? Well, she's gorgeous, and she is, man. Like, the Blu-ray mm-hmm. looked... The picture quality on the Blu-ray for this mm-hmm. looked so fucking good. I just feel like women back then were just so beautiful. I think it was... Maybe that this is my theory. First of all, it was a different era, so there was a different standard of beauty. Mm-hmm. And now we're very like everyone's beautiful, mm-hmm. very pop. No, maybe not Hollywood all the time, but just in general, mm-hmm. we're a lot more diverse than we used to be. We still have a lot to or a long way to go on that. Yeah, but it's a lot more diverse than it used to be. But I also think that there wasn't. I mean, there hasn't been film around for very long at this point. Mm -hmm. So every woman they're putting on screen, because it's still a very sexist society, Mm -hmm. has to be the absolute pinnacle of beauty. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Or even the women to see what they want to be like. Exactly. So she's almost like a selling point. She has to be. You know, she's a woman. So in this day and age, 
not to say that husbands didn't love their wives and respect them, but just mm-hmm. like as a general umbrella ideal, mm-hmm. women were not very well respected, especially yeah. for their own jobs and opinions and performances and movies even. So, yeah. yes, her acting was good, but is she pretty to look at? That is 100% number one most important thing. Yeah. I would think in that makes this sense. era. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So the women that you're looking at in these time frames are just the standard of white, blonde, pretty. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, honestly. Definitely. But she, he spies on her, putting on her earrings or taking them off, I think. Yeah, something. I don't... In her, like, a bedroom window. And her family owns this antique store right across the mm-hmm. street. And so he goes over and he's like... I saw you taking off these very... And he, like, describes the earrings because he... That he's looking for to buy. Right, it's right. so creepy. The ones you have upstairs in your bedroom. And she's like... Mm. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, women nowadays would be like, you fucking pervert! And yeah. women then are like, how did you know? And it's like... Mm, Ew. Yeah. <laughs> and he tells her that he is a psychic. She knows he's full of shit, though. Mm-hmm. What I do like in some of these movies is there are a lot of characters, like the women is just the token or the dunce, but mm-hmm. there are, especially I've noticed in horror, there are a lot of damsels in distress, but they do give also some strong purpose. Mm-hmm. Like in Creature from Black Lagoon, she's a scientist. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she's kind of dumb sometimes <laughs> and needs saving, but yeah. she is a scientist, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And in this one, at least, she's not like... Oh, a psychic, you mm-hmm. know. She's very, like, skeptical about it, which I appreciate. I'll take feminism anywhere I can get it. You yeah, know? <laughs> So she convinces him to look at the canes. You know, if an earring won't do, look at these canes. And he picks this very specific cane. And he finds a wolf on it and a star, basically a pentagram symbol. Mm-hmm. And she tells him it's the sign of the werewolf. And the head of it, or the topper, basically, is silver. Mm-hmm. So later, he calls on Gwen, which is the very pretty woman and love interest here. Mm -hmm. And they go to a fortune teller with her friend Jenny. And the fortune teller's name is Bela, which is Bela Lugosi. Yay! Yes. He's not in this for very long. No. But it's cool that he made an appearance. Mm -hmm. Because this was after his Dracula days. Yes. But he still has that very intense look about him. He actually wanted to be the wolf man. And they were like, "Mm, you get this bit part. Sorry. Okay, how many, like, you're known for Dracula. I'm glad he wasn't yeah. the Wolfman. I, I think he's too, like, Lon Chaney Jr. looks a little more like how you would picture, like, an animalistic type man. Like, mm-hmm. Bella Lugosi is kind of pretty, honestly. Like, yeah. he is very, like, chiseled looking. Not, mm-hmm. like, in his face, I mean, yeah. very intense. And Lon Chaney Jr. is more like that everyday guy. He's real tall, kind of burly. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, I think, would aesthetically look better. As the Wolfman, than Bella Lugosi would. Yeah, he was a perfect Dracula. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect Dracula for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he should just stay as Dracula. He seems like a diva, like he was a diva. Definitely. I mean, they offered him Frankenstein. He's like, no, fuck that. I don't want to be covered in all that makeup. But then he wants this one. I'm assuming probably to like get back into the glory days. Right. Stick like do another monster mm-hmm. movie. Exactly. Yeah. But he plays this fortune teller named Bela and. The friend Jenny is getting her fortune read, and he sees a pentagram appear in her hand, which is kind of cool because you can tell how they're doing that. They're shining like a, they're casting a shadow yeah. on the palms of their hand to make this symbol. And meanwhile, you keep hearing this poem that they keep saying, this rhyme. And part of the rhyme is that you see a pentagram 
in someone's palm, then the werewolf's going to kill him. That's their next victim, essentially. So when he sees that, he tells her, like, you need to leave right now. Mm Because he doesn't want to kill her. No. This whole werewolf thing. And I think throughout culture as well, it's a plight that they don't want. They don't want to be killing these people. It's not like they're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going to eat tonight. But also, they're the worst friends ever. Because it's like they go out with her and then they're just, like, talking alone in the woods by themselves. And she's left with this random gypsy dude. They, right. they don't fucking know yeah. that could fucking kill her. And then, oh my God, what happens? Well, which becomes exactly what happens. <laughs> Worst friends ever. Please don't leave me with a fortune teller. Dude, right? Ever. In the woods? By a marsh? Yes. Too many places to dump a body. Exactly. So Jenny just decides to run away, which is what he told her to do after mm-hmm. he kind of is like, you need to fucking leave, basically. And then you hear a wolf howl, and then you hear Jenny scream, and then Larry fights off this... You see a wolf that he Mm. fights, and he beats it. It's his German Shepherd, by the way. Lon Chaney Jr.'s German Shepherd in real life was the one he fought off. You know, that's funny, because Brad was like, is that a German Shepherd? It is. is. (laughs) But it's black and white, so it's hard. It's not, like, super, super obvious, Mm -hmm. but, like, if you think that... I mean, a silhouette of a German Shepherd, you could... It's just, like, kind of like a smaller wolf. Like, it looks very similar to, like, a husky. Mm -hmm. So that's fairly believable. Mm-hmm. But then you see him go behind a tree and beat this mm-hmm. wolf or werewolf to death. But he gets bit like in the chest. And Jenny uh, is dead. Did not save Jenny in time, unfortunately. So Gwen and this other gypsy woman who was much older than Bela, who you find out is his mother, mm-hmm. basically walk him home where he passes out. When he gets home, people are, like, they're his family, so they're clamoring, Mm -hmm. like, what happened? Then they call on doctors and cops, and he goes to sleep and wakes up, and he shows them this wound that he got, which is no longer there. Mm -hmm. And they basically are like, we found your cane, and we found Jenny dead with her jugular ripped out by an animal, but they also found the fortune teller dead. Mm -hmm. And they think he killed him, because it was done with his cane. And ripped her throat out, like... What do you think he did? Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Gross. So then you get this whole narrative of he's been bit. The wound is gone. Nobody believes him. Everyone is losing their shit. So these townspeople come in. They don't physically have torches and pitchforks, but they're like, it's Gwen's fault. She's a hussy because she was out with Larry. And that's why Jenny got killed. And then there's also Larry struggling to make sense of what happened in his head. And what I love about these movies back in this era and before we had horror tropes and Mm -hmm. they were an hour long. So they couldn't put a bunch of backstory into a movie or they didn't want to or they didn't have the budget it doesn't really matter but the simplicity of this movie and what it is and how effective it is with being an hour and just the simple story of got bit by a werewolf struggling with the fact that he might turn into a werewolf turns into a werewolf starts killing people mm-hmm. doesn't want to be a werewolf like that's what it is mm-hmm. and yeah. it's completely 100 percent effective in the hour that it has to do what it needs to do and nowadays Not saying that some three-hour movies are Mm -hmm. bad, but it was so new that they could do that and it still be so interesting and simple and entertaining and and still so complex in its own way. Yeah, I mean, they've done other Wolfman and Frankenstein movies and nobody has cared. Right. Why? 
I understand that remakes exist. There have been a few remakes that I'm like, why the fuck would you remake that? And they Mm -hmm. haven't been terrible. Mm -hmm. But there have been some remakes that have been made that have been total flops because nobody wanted it. Nobody asked for that. Like, I totally, this is kind of a side conversation, but this year we've had so many Disney Live remakes. So many. I mean, back in the summer, you had The Lion King. Right before that, you had Aladdin. Mm -hmm. They're doing Mulan. Have done Mulan. Don't pay attention. That may be out already. That's true. I don't remember. And even before that, there were, we've done Tarzan. We've done The Jungle Book. Like, you know, some of them are fine. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. But. But they're not the classics that you're going to reach for. Like, they were fine to go see once. And, you know, maybe great for our generation. And these are for the new generation. But, like, with The Lion King, I didn't see it personally, but just reading the reviews and listening to the critics, mm-hmm. it's like a shot-for-shot shot remake, mm-hmm. just with digital animation, like, better digital and like, l- realistic, I guess, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. N- nobody needed The Lion King to be <clears throat> exactly. remade. The Lion King was great as the animated feature it was. I can understand Mulan. I can understand Beauty and the Beast. Didn't really understand Aladdin. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, leave Robin Williams alone. Dude. Don't try that, but... You know, it's just like with these. Who wants to remake Frankenstein? Or, I mean, Dracula's been done a million times and some have been fine. That's pretty open to interpretation. But who's going to remake The Wolfman? Like, it just, there's no reason. Mm -hmm. It was fine the way it was. It doesn't need fixing or drawing out to a one and a half hour, two hour movie. Because Mm -hmm. we didn't need all this backstory to get what we needed from this movie. Which is one of the reasons I love these classics. Mm -hmm. They don't rely on the drama factor of all these storylines. Yeah. They just are what they are. And even in that short amount of time, you feel bad for him. You feel sad for what happens, sorry, to Lonji Jr.'s character. Absolutely you do. And you feel for Gwen, who deeply cares about him, and even though she's engaged to someone else, like, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, what a shitty position to be in. And you are mad that his family's not believing him, Mm -hmm. and just all these things. And then, I mean, we'll get to it, but how sad is that ending? Yeah. It's like Frankenstein. It reminds me so much. A monster doesn't want to be a monster Mm -hmm. and is killed for being a monster. By his family. Like, that's really fucking sad. Mm -hmm. So now he is realizing that he's not totally convinced that he's a werewolf. Mm -hmm. But he's like, where the fuck did this go? And now he's starting to get this, like, pentagram-looking symbol on his chest where the bite was. So since Bela, the fortune teller, has died... The gypsy community is flocking to this little town to mourn that death as per their rituals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how they pay their respects. And so they do all these shows and like a carnival and things like that where the townspeople come and enjoy it. And he, Larry goes as well as Gwen and her fiance. And when he's there, he meets or sees the old gypsy woman and she gives him a pentagram symbol because gives him a pentagram necklace Mm -hmm. charm basically because she sees that there is the mark on him and then all the gypsies are leaving because they're like there's a werewolf in camp Mm -hmm. like they're freaking out they're like nope which would explain why bela and her maybe were isolated from the gypsy community because that was her son Mm -hmm. so she's She's gonna gonna be with him right and so now not only is he more convinced like at first he's like ah you're just crazy but then he meets up with Gwen and she's not with her fiance anymore and gives her the pendant Mm -hmm. and says this is to protect you from me Mm -hmm. and then they like kind of kiss and that's when all the gypsies are like deuces (laughs) so so now the transformations start happening Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Is this like a nightly thing? I'm guessing just like in the psych, like, because we know now or think now that this happens on like a full moon, for example. Mm-hmm. But it seems like this is happening to him every single night. Yeah, I don't know what this mythology is. You know me. I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer and in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, werewolves get three nights. So okay. know, maybe it's something to do with that. Yeah, maybe. Because like my biggest exposure to this is Harry Potter. So mm-hmm. on the night of the full moon, mm-hmm. they turn, you know. So it's interesting because it does show, I think, two nights of him going out, two or three nights of him going out and killing. Mm-hmm. And the townspeople are getting really riled up, mm-hmm. obviously, because they're getting picked off, essentially. Yeah. There's something out in the wild. And they're pretty convinced it's a creature. They're not saying that, even though they're all kind of sketched out by Larry, because they think he's losing his mind. Mm-hmm. Because he's trying to tell Like, he's talking about werewolves very openly. He's mm-hmm. like, he's not necessarily saying, I am the werewolf, but he's saying, do you believe in werewolves? Like, I think they could be real. And mm-hmm. the doctors and his family are like... You're fucking crazy. Yeah, your mind is sick. You know, Mm -hmm. they're trying to be tactful about it, but they're like, I mean, you should go to the asylum, you know? Poor guy. So he also comes home and doesn't realize that he's, I think he realizes because there's a trail of blood to his room and his footprints, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't seem to really recall these Mm -hmm. killings after he turns. So now there's several nights of killings. And so he goes to Gwen very panicked and says that he's leaving and he's got to get away from here before he hurts anybody else. And poor Gwen, she's like, I'm coming with you. I'm going to help you. You should not do that. You should not do that. And so during this conversation, she's like, I'm leaving with you. I'm leaving with you. And he's like, no, you can't. He sees the palm of her hand and sees Mm -hmm. that she's his next. Yeah. She's his next victim, which horrifies him, of course, because even though they've only known each other for two days, he loves her, (laughs) you know? So, he runs out and says, no, you're not coming with me, slams the door in her face. Mm-hmm. But she seems to love him as well. Mm-hmm. So she goes out to the marshy land to look for him, as do a bunch of other people. He's already been caught in one of their traps one night, and he just, the gypsy woman is helping him mm-hmm. because she feels bad for him. Well, yeah, she just lost her son to the same thing. Exactly. So this night, he gives, first of all, after he leaves Gwen's, he goes to his father. His father ties him up and is like, if this will make you feel better, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm going out hunting with the rest of them. So he gives his dad the silver cane and he's like, take this with you. This will protect you. Mm-hmm. And so his dad's like, okay, crazy. Right. I love you, but uh, you, you're losing it a little bit. So, of course, the tape and rope or whatever they have to yeah, strap that don't it. Mean shit. That doesn't work. So when he's out, he gets Gwen. He gets caught because... There are lots of traps and things I mean, to it's catch. The woods. True, exactly. And he gets hurt and killed also. His father finds him. His father kills him. And his father kills him. But he doesn't know. This is a wolf. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe he saw it in the back of his head. He's like, oh shit. Well, I mean, he goes back and he sees his son go from the wolf to back to his son. Like, that's really sad. And that's how it ends. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fucking sad. After he kills this werewolf. The gypsy woman comes over and says this basically chant or spell or blessing or whatever she's been doing this whole time. And it turns him back into mm-hmm. himself. It turns him back into himself. And his father sees that his, he wasn't fucking crazy and he was a werewolf. And that's just how it ends. Yep. These Universal Monster movies don't leave you with a lot of warm fuzzies. Like ever. No, I mean, you can definitely tell this is the you don't want to be a monster. You don't want to be different. You want to be this perfect thing. Mm-hmm. So there's that negative part of it, but 
it's still a good movie. I mean, for entertainment value and for horror lovers and fans and people that want to trace these werewolf stories back to this, like, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of cultural and historical importance if you, like, just in, within our genre, you mm-hmm. know? So I have some trivia. This opened up two days after Pearl Harbor. Oh. Can you believe that shit? Like, just what was going on in the world? I mean, I guess people needed this type of thing. They almost shelved it because they were like, people don't want horror movies, and it sold out all the time. I think people need to get away from the real horrors of life and look at the dramatized fake horrors of life because sometimes it's almost easier to buy into a werewolf than it is to how could somebody kill that many people at once in the real world. Yeah, absolutely. You know. There's a scene where he goes to church and he walks up church steps. Yeah. That set was actually just in the back lot of Universal Forever because that is the set from The Hunchback of Notre Dame that his father was in. That's really cool. Isn't that really fucking cool? He leaves the church because the whole town just looks back at him and Mm -hmm. he's basically being chastised and almost like excommunicated from this community because he, everyone thinks he's a murderer. Yeah. So. I just thought it was really cool to have something of his father's that was that important in one of his movies. That's amazing. And his makeup, okay, this is crazy to me. His makeup took six hours to apply. Oh, I fucking bet. And three hours to take off. Jesus Christ. When did he film? Right. Like, that's a whole day. Yeah. That's that, a whole day of work. That is a whole day by itself. Yeah. So holy shit. Yeah. It's interesting the way they did the takes to me because they wanted to show this hair growing on mm-hmm. him. So they would do a shot and then cut to another shot and it would be longer. And then they would cut to another shot and it would be longer. Because, of course, they didn't have the technology to CGI it mm-hmm. growing in real time. So yeah. they would do a layer, cut the shot, do another layer do another shot, it cut the awesome. shot, they add another layer. Job. Yeah. It was really good. And I love having to put myself in the place of these filmmakers that had to be so, like, use so much ingenuity mm-hmm. and creativity. Like, Absolutely. The Blob. And, like, I know I keep talking about that, but I just love that movie so much. <laughs> they used tiny little silicone and red food coloring mm-hmm. to make this massive blob and these little miniatures. And here, the just the use of cinematography to make these special effects. Yeah. And in, the fact that they even wanted to. Like, that was really cool. They could have just shown yeah. a scene where he was already in it. Absolutely. And in the artistic value mm-hmm. there. And then Frankenstein, when they actually set a windmill on fire. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. they had to go to extremes to get these shots to make these good movies. And I'm glad that we have, as a society, preserved them. Mm-hmm. Because they truly are works of art and people's love child. Like, this yes. is somebody's love child. They a put lot a of lot people's. of work and love into it. Absolutely. And the performances are so good. And in this one, they're not cheesy at all. There was no mm-hmm. fainting or, you know, it was very, it no. felt to me very realistic if there, what this was to happen, especially in that time period, the town's going to come out with torches and pitchforks. Dude, and especially in like Germany or Bavaria or wherever this is. Like a be. really small exactly. village too, mm-hmm. because the castle was just right on the main yeah. strip of town. So I just thought that there was so much good in this movie and so much entertainment value. And I honestly gave The Wolfman a five out of five. Wow. Yeah. That is rare. I'm I know. so proud. The coveted five the out of coveted. five. <laughs> I just didn't really find anything to be not happy with, story mm-hmm. or otherwise. Yes, it's sad, but that's not going to dock. Like, but it's a, it's a good sad, if that means. It's a good film. It's not yeah. sad in, like, a way that, I don't know. 
it was what it was supposed to be, and they did it well. They mm-hmm. knew exactly what they were doing. And yeah. we have had some Universal Monster movies before this mm-hmm. for them to kind of get their foot. Not that they were like, we're yeah. going to be the Universal Monster franchise, because that didn't happen until yeah. later. I mean, this is one of their later ones. Right, exactly. They so did. they had some time to look at these films and get their inspiration and use what they would and what they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I just think that they brought everything together here. And the shots are just so beautiful, even though they were in black and white. I just they thought were they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially on Blu-ray, I'm just so happy that we have the technology to enhance that picture. Because mm-hmm. the first thing I was like, these lines are so fucking clean. Older movies are easier for us to enhance. So honestly, the older you go, probably probably the better, the better it's going to be. Yeah. It was beautiful. I yeah. loved it. I, of course, I told you it's my second favorite black and white of all time. It's going to be five out of five. Yeah. I love this movie so much. Lon Chaney Dinger killed it. It was a great way to start off October. Absolutely. It really was. Like, perfect. I mean, come on. Werewolves and Halloween, they go together. Right. And so now we just get to move on from here. And, you know, we didn't really put anything on our Halloween list that we... That we hate, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's... Uh, so I'm excited for... I mean, we're excited for Halloween. We want to have fun with it. Why would we? Right. Unless it's funny. But, I mean, I'm really excited to move forward into October. So I mm-hmm. hope you all decide to hang out with us for most this month because you're getting a lot of us. <laughs> yeah, right. So thank you for hanging out with us for this episode. If you want to follow us on our socials, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Exorcisters Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at The Exorcisters. You can always email us at pretty much about anything, your thoughts on the movie, movies you want to see us or listen to us do, mm-hmm. or what are you doing this Halloween? What are you watching? We're all about talking about that. So mm-hmm. email us at theexorcisters at gmail.com. And also you can hit up our website at exorcisters.com. And next time, in space, no one can hear you scream. Till then, stay creepy.